so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I hope you have a happy new year and a blessed new year. We have some snowbirds here, and Brother Morris and Sister Anna is about to take off and fly to Florida. Well, they're going to go on an airplane, but uh, we miss them so much. They are such a vital part of this church. Some of the uh, people that pray so much for what's going on, and they will be praying for us, and we will be praying for them. We hope you all will be safe and sound and enjoy enjoy that nice weather there in Florida. It is a treat and honor for Bobby Williams to be back with us today. Would you praise God for that man sitting on that second row? God's a God of miracles, amen? He is a God of miracles, and uh, we just appreciate him. If you do not have an outline of the sermon this morning, please raise your hand, and Brother Steve will make sure you get one. I want everyone to have an outline, and I want you to read it. I want you, if you will, to uh, keep it, refer back to it during the week. There is no way that I can get to all of this, this this morning. So I would encourage you to do that. Use it uh, along with other means that you have for Bible study. Use it for Bible study. And uh, I believe that you certainly will be blessed by that. We started a series last Sunday, a series last Sunday. And we took our, really our text from the 52nd chapter of the book of Isaiah. And uh, it's, of course, dealing primarily with God speaking through the great prophet Isaiah. By the way, if you're going to read some scripture during the year of 2019, you're trying to decide what to do, whether to read the Bible through or what to do, I would encourage you to read the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. It is a great Old Testament book. And Isaiah's not just a great writer for the Bible, and he is. He is one of the greatest writers ever, the greatest writers ever. So we take this from the 10th verse of the 52nd chapter of the book of Isaiah. And if you will allow me this morning, I want to read it from certainly the Amplified Version. The Lord has made bare his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, revealing himself as the one by whose direction the redemption of Israel from captivity is accomplished. And all the ends of the earth shall witness the salvation of the Lord. And as I said last Sunday, this prophecy came at about the time when Israel is about to be delivered from the nation of Babylon. They have been in captivity for 70 years. 70 years. And now God is about to set them free. He says, I'm going to do it with a bare arm. And uh, it's like what you and I would say today, okay, there's work to be done. Let's roll up our sleeves and get the job done. 
and God is about to expose his arm, have his arm to where it has no uh, restriction, it's, it's not limited, and God is going to deliver his people and send them back to Jerusalem. And he's saying to them, you don't have to hurry. You don't have to be in haste. I'm going to do it, he says, with a free arm. I'm going to do it, and you're going to be delivered and set free. I am going to go before you, and I'm going to go behind you. I love that. If you did not get that or you did not read that uh, 52nd chapter in Isaiah, read it this week and, and see how God is about to deliver his people. And God is still in the delivering business. For there are a lot of people in captivity. There are many people in bondage, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whether it's it's uh, immorality, whether it's pride or jealousy, uh, whatever it might be, God is saying today that he wants to set you free. And he is saying, I am about, if you read the original of it, and uh, Jack Hayford brings this out in his Spirit-Filled Bible, he says, I am about to reveal my power. And I can't think of anything approaching the year of 2019 that's more important. Stay with me with this sermon. That's more important that for God Almighty to reveal his power. Now, it is so easy to take that lightly. And I'm going to go into this series talking about the great power of God. And when you think about the universe, the Milky Way, when you think about the creation of not only the earth, the sun, and the moon, and I don't know how many worlds could fit in the sun, but when we try in our finite minds to understand the greatness of God, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. But yet we can try to understand the greatness of God and how that he is saying, I am about to reveal my power. And I believe that the theme that I want to think about for some of 2019 is the revelation of God's power. The revelation of God's power. How many of you would like to see the revelation of God's power in your life in the year of 2019? Wouldn't that be great? And then he says all the nations are going to know. If this happens, it won't be just for uh, 3518 Rose of Sharon Road here in Durham. It will spread. It has a way of spreading when God begins to reveal his power. It will go beyond the four walls of this church. It will go beyond the four walls of your and my house. So if you'll notice the outline, it says the revealed power of God. And it says, and I want to begin reading St. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Follow with me as I read with the new 
King James Version. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or simply just one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And that question is asked every one of us individually. Who do you believe that Jesus is? Who do you believe that Christ is? What is it to you? You are the, uh, uh, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Now notice. Notice this conversation that goes on between Jesus, not only his disciples, but specifically to Peter. And I also say to you, verse 18, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you to Peter, the church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he comes, look, look, look at this verse. Look at this verse. Thrown in with this, verse 20. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now why would he say that? We'll get to that. Notice the introduction as we have it for you written here. And it says, Revelation, we're talking about revelation, is the divine act of God revealing himself to man. That's a simple statement. It's a simple definition. Revelation is a divine act of who? God revealing himself to man. God has revealed himself through general revelation and specific revelation. Sometimes general and specific revelation are also referred to as the natural or supernatural Revelation. We'll get into the natural. We'll get into the supernatural revelation. General revelation refers to the act of God revealing himself to us in general ways. He has revealed himself through the creation of the universe. Psalms 19 and 1, the Bible says, the psalmist writes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. You don't have to go to church on Sunday morning. You don't have to belong to a church or even know anything about Christianity, but you can look up, you can realize the stars, the sun, the moon, the Milky Way, and all the gods, the great mountains of this earth, the great valleys and the great seas and the great wonders of this earth. And you say, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Something, someone had to make that, and God Almighty... And it says here, there's in Psalms, the heavens declare what? The glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. The Bible provides us with very specific information about God himself. And Luke, the physician, writes it in, in verse 27 of chapter 24. Notice what it says. 
And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he who Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, I want to know about Jesus. I want to know about his character. I want to know what made him tick and what all the things about Jesus. Read the Bible. Study the word of God. Isaiah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of Acts. Romans is a great book. Read the Psalms, the Proverbs. Read the Bible. These scriptures, God's word reveals who Jesus... That's a revelation. Now, follow me with one in, in, in Roman numeral number one. Matthew 16, 13, 20 reveals some key insight to, insights to the power of revelation. Look at it. Punch your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on, punch your neighbor and say, wake up. I notice some of you are drowsy. Come on, come on. I know it's, it's like it is outside and, you know, it's warm inside and we can sort of, you know, stay with me. Matthew 16, 13 through 20 reveals some key insights to the power of elation. Now, Jesus asked Peter, and I've got here some of the perfect indicators of God revealing himself in his word is when he asks us a question. If you have a date Bible, date, finest date, has all the questions out in the column beside of his word. All the questions. His questions, the questions that Jesus asked were important. So when you're reading the scripture, and those are, for instance, like blind Bartimaeus, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Now you've got to understand that's an important question. And Jesus had an important reason for asking that question. So he asked Peter, who do you say that? I? So it's a great indication when, when Jesus begins to ask questions, he's got something he wants to reveal. He has a revelation that he wants to give to you. So questions are very, I don't think we ask enough questions. I was visiting a man in the hospital yesterday. And I comforted him with words and prayer and singing and all of those things. But I, I made sure that I asked him a question. Because I wanted to know about his relationship with God. We need to ask questions. The right questions. At the right time. But don't be afraid to ask questions. And so Jesus is asking this question. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked the disciples, but who do you say that I am? Peter's response to him was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus follows up with three, listen to this, three, say three, three powerful statements that brings to light these three simple truths. Three, not many, I want to deal with them, but three simple truths. Revelation points to three main insights. It reveals a character trait of the Godhead, number one. Number two, it reveals our identity, our identity, and that's found in him. And number three, it reveals our authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, wouldn't you like to know all of that? Wouldn't you like to know all of that? 
the character traits of Jesus, the identity found in him, our, your identities, who are you? We were sitting over the Christmas holidays, we were discussing our, our identity, our, our natural identities. You have cleric, you have sanguine, phlegmatic, and a melancholy. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Find out who your mate is, which one your mate is, because it tells a whole lot about them. And you know how, you know their weaknesses and their strengths. We all have one of those four or part of two of those four, or those four. But more than that, I want to go deeper than the phlegmatic and all of those personal identities. I want to go and know what God thinks of me. I want to know my identity in Jesus Christ. Who am I in Jesus Christ? First of all, the revelation removes speculation. Revelation removes speculation. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. The disciples did not even know who Jesus was. They were with him for three and a half years. And they were still wondering. They were still struggling. And I believe people go to church every Sunday morning. They sing songs and they read the scripture. And they really, 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 really have not grasped this man. Oh, find out who he is. You say, how do I do that? Well, we're going to show you in just a moment. Revelation removes speculation. For some town now... Time now, the disciples were not even sure who Jesus was. God, notice this. Look at, look at it. God reveals Jesus' true nature to Peter. He is no longer wondering who he is. I know who he is. You want to find out who Jesus really is? Go through a real hard trial. Let the doctor say you've got some kind of disease or some kind of sickness. Get to where you can't pay your bills. I received a call this morning. Someone wanted to help, wanted to help pay their bills. Can't pay their bills. I'm, I'm talking about really can't pay their bills. Let, 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 let your best friend turn it. Let something happen in your life and you're devastated. That's when you can find out and learn more about Jesus Christ. When things are going well, you know, we're just floating around. But when things get hard, we get serious with God. God, who are you? You are none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. What a revelation. If you don't learn anything else today in this message, if you walk out those doors saying, I know who Jesus is. His identity. His identity. Revelation removes speculation. Number two, revelation pro proclaims our identity. Hey, Simon Barjona, which means a reed. You're no longer Simon. You are Peter. You know what Peter means? Rock. God can change us from a reed that's swaying and going with every thing that comes along or a solid rock that we stand firm in our relationship with God. Amen? A, a, a Simon to a Peter. God can change you this morning just like that. When we recognize the power of God 
And we do certain things, and we'll get to those in this just a moment. Revelation pro proclaims our identity. A new identity means a new purpose. You're no longer Simon. Listen, that means Peter. You're no longer Simon. You're Peter. You're no longer a reed. You're a rock. You're stable. God, I wouldn't have a lot of stable Christians. Many of you are very stable in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Revelation removes speculation. Revelation proclaims our identity. And then also revelations grant authorization. When you find out who you are, if we could really get a, a glimpse of who we are, it would change our lives. Jesus said to Peter, you're right. You said a good thing. And your name, you're Peter, the rock. And upon this rock. Now understand something. Jesus wasn't saying he's going to build the kingdom on Peter. He was, going to, he was saying, I'm going to build my kingdom on what you just said. He is saying on Jesus Christ will be built the church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. I've always looked at that scripture and for many, many years like the church is on the defense. And it stands firm and it stands strong. And the gates of hell cannot batter it down. The gates of hell cannot defeat it. We stand strong. That's not what that means at all. It means that you and I are aggressive. We take the initiative. The gates of hell are the ones that's moving forward and taking mm, property and everything else from the devil. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Revelation removes speculation. Revelation proclaims our identity. Revelation proclaims authorization. When God reveals another aspect of who he is, our identity in him is transformed, handing us our authority. So understanding God, understanding who we are, lets us know who we are and what we can do. We live so far below what God wants us to have. Ah. Oh. Let, let, let me move on with uh, how do I receive this revelation? Now, this is important. You say, Brother Don, that revelation sounds important. That revelation sounds important, and I want that revelation. I want a revelation from the Lord. In fact, if you go on, he says, he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Why? You can go out and try to get people to understand who Jesus is unless the Holy Spirit, unless God reveals who he is, it's not going to happen. We stand the chance of turning more people off than we do winning them to Christ. But when we go in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and we go in the power of the Holy Spirit and God touches that life, it's like a light that comes on. Wow. I ask God to speak to us today. Turn that light on. Reveal to us. God, let us open our eyes that we can really see. That we can really see. Notice, first of all, we receive this revelation through prayer. 
You say, Pastor, that sounds so simple. Through prayer. Learn the biblical art of meditation. We rush into prayer and we rush out. We've got our phones on our hips or in our pocketbooks or whatever, whatever. And if they ring, you know, we have Durham ministers in prayer. We've been meeting for almost 20 years. And it took us a long time to get those phones on those preachers' hips off. But we'd be praying, oh, God, and we'd be not ring. Hello, forgive me, Lord. I mean, can't we take at least a few minutes to pray without interruptions? A few minutes to pray without interruptions? We need to pray and believe God and, and, and prayer, meditation. Psalm 77 and 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Wow. Talk to us, Psalms. Talk to us, Psalms. Powerful. Give God your night. Song of Solomon 5 and 2. I sleep, but my heart is awake. How do you go to sleep at night? Do we go to sleep with the television on? I do sometimes. I like noise while I'm trying to sleep. I want a fan going or something going. I don't like to go to sleep. Just total quietness. That's just the way I've always been. And once in a while or sometimes rather I'll have the TV on. I'll go to sleep and wake up and it automatically is off and just blinking or something like that, you know. How do we go to sleep? What, what are our nights like? When I first found out I was sick, I, I struggled at night and I would sweat at night and I would fear at night. You know, I'm not God dealing with fear. Let me tell you something. God Almighty, God Almighty's Holy Spirit knows how to deal with fear. I no longer am a slave to fear. I love it. You don't have to be a slave to fear no matter. So we're able to meditate. We're able to receive from God uh, at night. And there is a prayer for revelation of hidden things. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Look at Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call to me, God says, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, God wants us to know certain things. Not who's going to win the ball game tomorrow or today or who won it yesterday. Not what I'm to wear to, to, to work tomorrow. You know, all of these things. God wants to show us the spiritual side and the wonderful things that he can give to us and that will happen in our lives. Amen. God wants to do that. So it's through prayer. <clears throat> Daniel 2.22. Two says, he reveals deep and secret things. You know where he reveals a lot of secret things? In the secret place. The Bible says, go into your closets and do what? Shut the door and pray. God reveals things through, and God, we need a revelation from God. I want to hear from God. I'm tired of hearing from the carnality. I'm tired of just hearing from man. I want to go at night before God, 
read my Bible, read some good uh, uh, scriptures or, or read a good book that talks about these and, and, and just go to sleep and meditate on the things of God. God wants us to do that. Number one, through prayer. Number two, through praise. So you notice through prayer and the second one is through praise. But not only praise, but worship. May we offer the sacrifice of praise. The only place. Now, throughout the Old Testament, the only, uh, it's talking about sacrifices. And we know that there's a sacrifice of the animals, sacrifice of the lambs, and all of these things take place. The only place in the New Testament it talks about us offering a sacrifice is found in Hebrews. And it's, it says, therefore by him, let us continue continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Todd had a right to say, wow. That was a wow worship time. It's time for us to worship and praise and worship and praise and enter into that secret place and allow God to do some powerful things. It is in the holy atmosphere of praise and worship that healing, miracles, transformation of the soul begins to manifest and God's glory starts cleansing and changing our carnal nature into the nature and character of God. Keep that sentence. It's long, but read it again and again this week. It's when worship takes place, whether it's here on Sunday morning and we are enjoying the praise from the praise team and enjoying singing ourselves, or whether it's riding down the highway and we begin to praise the Lord and something happens and God gets a hold of our hearts and squeezes our hearts until water comes out our eyes. It's important that we worship God. Something starts happening. I remember as a young man, that's a long time ago. I remember us going into services when the power of God would begin to manifest itself in himself. And people would begin to lose themselves in the Lord. And they would begin to praise God. And speak in tongues, not disturbingly, but praising and worshiping God. And we, we called it getting lost in the spirit. And then there was a certain sense that moved into the service. It was a sense of God's cleansing power. It rushed in like the wind on the day of Pentecost and here would go one falling out in the spirit and lay there speaking in tongues and worshiping God for hours and hours. And they would continue to worship God and you would pick them up and carry them to the car and they would continue to speak in tongues and worship God and they would lay them in the car and take them home. Oh, Brother Don, you believe? Yes. The church needs this. If the church had this today, we would not be weak and anemic. We need 
did that. You see, you want to go back to those good old days? I'm not talking about just those good old days. I'm talking about the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And when God's people move into that area, one of the songs, how about all these songs? Did we listen to the words? One of the songs says, I've, I've surrendered. I've emptied myself. How long has it been since we've really and truly, really and truly let everything, laid everything on the altar and emptied ourselves? One of the traits of those meetings, it could be Sunday morning, Wednesday, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday evening, but most of the time it happened on Sunday night. And one of the traits of those services that people were weeping. I'm not talking about just a little old tear. I'm talking about a sobbing. Glory. One of the songs said this morning, I'm broken. How, many, how long has it been since I've been broken to the sense that I wept before God? But we would weep. We would weep. And we would weep. And tears would flow. Tears flowed and flowed and flowed. And we would crumble. Listen to me. Physically. Physically. We would just crumble before the Lord. We would become weak physically. Oh, Brother Don, you believe? Yes, I believe that God wants to move with the church today. But one of the great results of that kind of moving, manifestation, and weeping was that people started going to each other. Those on this side would go across the aisle to this side. Words that had been said. People that had allowed bitterness and unforgiveness to come into their hearts. And the church could not see revival or manifestation. They started weeping and went to each other. Hugged each other's neck and said, forgive me. They, wasn't just, they were not just going through the motion. They meant it. Forgive me. How long has it been since you've really and truly said, God, forgive me. And then God would bring to your mind some division, some bitterness, maybe from the past. And you would go and make restitution and say, Brother, would you forgive me? Sister, would you forgive me? And lay it totally, totally and completely on the altar of the Lord. You feel like you're walking on air. I don't believe we should go by feeling because God's there whether you feel him or not. But I sure like the feeling. I like going to Disney World. I like the feeling. Hallelujah. You get on that roller coaster and you go clankety, 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 clank and get as high as you can go. And then all of a sudden you go over the hill and you, oh yes, that's a great feeling. But let me tell you, there's no feeling getting married, getting a new house, buying a new car, drinking a jug of liquor. Nothing makes you have the feeling like the Holy Ghost moving on you and you praise the Lord in the Spirit. We need that. I don't have to feel him to ever love him and serve him again. But boy, it sure is nice when he begins to flood. We had a gentleman in the church. He'd get so full. He'd stand up and he said, I, 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 I. he couldn't even talk. I, I want to think 
Thank, thank God because tonight I, I, I feel like a tub of honey has been turned over in my soul. How long has it been since you've had that tub of honey? I'm talking about I'm talking about a revelation. I'm talking about a revelation through prayer. I'm talking about a revelation through worship. Ask him to invade your atmosphere and reflect his presence. Ask him to invade. We were praying Friday night. There is nothing, listen to me. See my son waving his hand up. See him. He's not just putting on. He was here Friday night. There is no service. There are no activities. There is nothing that goes on in this church like Friday night. Friday night, he said, well, I'm just telling you. When we pray together, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Friday night comes closer to me. Now, I don't think you've got to be here Friday night for God to do that. I don't. I think it's good. Set aside some time, whether it's Friday night, Wednesday morning, Sunday morning between 9 and 9.30, whenever the church collectively prays or when you pray at your home or in the car. But I do believe we need to get into that place where the world is outside and where we draw close to Him and where the anointing and the power of God. Michael W. Smith says, this is how I fight my battles Friday night. I was going to tell about it. Dan played that song. Michael W. Smith, he sings it. This is how I fight my battles. He says, this is how I fight my battles. It's a great song that says, this is how I fight my battles. What does he say again? This is how I fight my battles. What else does he say? This is how I fight my battles. And he sings it over and over and over and over again. And the only other thing he says, when I am surrounded by your presence. In fact, the title of the song is written by Bethel out on the West Coast. The church there, some of the folks at Bethel, it's, the title of it is Surrounded. It has verses to it. I, I'm surrounded. And that's what happens on Sunday morning when Matt and the, and the team and the congregations we sing begins to sing and we become surrounded by the presence of God. When we go to our secret place, beside of our bed, in our bathrooms, when we go to our secret place and pray and sing and worship until we're surrounded, you know the reason you're losing so many battles? You don't surround yourself with the very presence of the Almighty God. We don't lose ourselves. We're too busy. Brother Don, what are you talking about? I can't do so and so. I can't be their sin. I can't go do this. I can't, I can't go to church on Sunday morning. I can't. Listen, we're too busy. But whatever we need to do, whether it's go to church, whether it's to pray, whatever we need to do, it's through prayer. It's through praise and worship. And then it's through the power of the Lord and the Holy Spirit of God. 
God speaks through His Word. 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's a mouthful. <laughs> All Scripture. Do you read it? Do you really, 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 really read the Word of God? Stop. Take time. Notice what he said. Not only the Word of God, but we need to become a friend of God. Listen to John. John says, no longer do I call you servants. Who is this speaking? This is none other than Jesus. He said, no longer do I call you. For a servant does not know. I'm talking about revelation now. A servant does not know what his master is doing. But Jesus said to his disciples and to you and each one of us that's sitting in our pews that are here this morning, he says to us, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made them known to you. Wow! Wow! Woo! Everything the Father makes known to the Savior, he makes it known to his friends. That's powerful. Okay, you say, Pastor, I, I really and truly want to be a friend to God. The verse before that, verse 14, John 15, 14, he says this, You are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. You say, I really? You know, we sing that song, did years ago. I am a friend of God. You say, how do I become a friend of God? Obedience. Wow. We, we receive through prayer. I'm talking about a revelation. God, we need it. The revelation that removes speculation, the revelation that proclaims our identity, the revelation that grants unto us authority is through prayer, it's through praise, it's through the power of, word, of His Word. And then in the third one, the deity of Christ. The bottom of the page. The deity of Christ is known only by divine revelation. This is one of the greatest. We just went through with it. Dan, I miss Dan. Tell him I miss him and I'm praying for him. Listen to this. Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation in the knowledge of Him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Brother Brother Matt, the people were not ready to receive Matthew 16 and 20. I just read it. He said, don't go tell this because the people are not going to receive. Before you witness, before you tell somebody else about Jesus Christ, pray. Say, God, as I go, as I speak, listen to me, as I speak, you speak through me. All right. Holy Ghost, 
Listen to me. I want a divine appointment. I don't want to go and talk about drinking RC Colas and Pepsi and who won the ball game. And, and, and that's okay to start those things if you can move into where we need to go. But I want a divine appointment because if we don't have the Holy Ghost to anoint us, and I'm not talking about falling out in the Spirit and speaking in tongues, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit to go with us and speak through us and anoint us. And we need, listen to me, in witnessing, in discipleship, and evangelism, we need not only the power to witness, but we need the power of God to touch, to touch the hearer. All right. Both ways. Are you listening to people who were, that were not ready to receive? There must be, listen to this, the revelation knowledge, the things that God unfolds by the work of the Holy Spirit. God knows the church needs to receive a revealed power of the God of heaven. Father, I love you this day. I love you this day. I thank you for your word. I praise you for the truth of your word. I thank you for revealing to us with this sermon, not because of the messenger, but because of the message. Not because of the person standing behind the sacred stand, but because of the word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for revealing to us the character of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for revealing to us our identity, who we are. I thank you for revealing to us the authority that you've given unto us. Hallelujah. God, with your Holy Spirit, not my words, but with your Holy Spirit, challenge each one of us when it comes to the truths and the principles of this sermon. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us as we sing.